Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I made a coffee, sat down, had my coffee, texted my friend, sat back on the chair, and then... I realized that my left hand kind of didn't belong. So I looked down and I saw my left hand was in a fist. And I thought, oh, I must have uh, leaned on the table. Let's go and put some water on it. I took my hand out of the sink, uh, dried it up, and went to see my husband. It was during that really hot time last year. He was having a nap on the sofa as he didn't sleep the night before. So I come into the sitting room and say, right, listen, Fearon, um, there's something wrong with my hand. Can't open it up. It just doesn't feel like it belongs. So he sits up and goes, what do you mean? Let me see. And just then it kind of hit me and went, I'm having a stroke. It felt like I wasn't there, even though I was. I was kind of looking at myself in some sort of a bubble. It was very peaceful, to be honest. It was quite, quite a strange experience. But yeah, so I wasn't scared or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, okay, I'm having a stroke. This is what's happening. My husband already called uh, 999. It was apparently on day three when I was quite with myself, back to my normal, like my husband says. I turned around to him and said, right, listen, Steve, I don't have time for this. And uh, that was kind of my time when I thought, no, I'm not staying here for all this time that they're saying. And I remember... Uh, it was about three weeks later, so this is in August still, and my my friend and neighbour comes to see me, and you know, and I said to her, "Listen, I'm going to be back by Halloween." Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today, we'll hear from Ausrun Kolruna Dottis or Ash, originally from Iceland, now living in South London. She suffered her stroke at the age of 41. Before my stroke, I was working as a preschool teacher. Enjoyed going out with my friends, running around in the park with the kids, just doing everything everyone does on a normal basis. I didn't have many hobbies as such, but I did enjoy taking the dog out for a walk and, yeah, generally going out for long walks. It was a Saturday. I had woken up fairly early, obviously having fairly young kids. It was a normal day. I was quite tired, though. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. It was around 12 o'clock. I just made the kids some lunch. I was texting a friend who was inviting my kids to a birthday party the following day. I made a coffee, sat down, had my coffee, texted my friend, sat back on the chair, and then... I realized that my left hand kind of didn't belong. So I looked down and I saw my left hand was in a fist. 
And I thought, oh, I must have uh, leaned on the table. Let's go and put some water on it. Because obviously in the past, when you get like strange hands, you might have been leaning on it, the nerves. Put water on it by the sink and it felt alien. Almost like it was painful. So I took my hand out of the sink, uh, dried it up and went to see my husband. It was during that really hot time last year. He was having a nap on the sofa as he didn't sleep the night before. So I come into the sitting room and say, right, listen, Fearon, um, there's something wrong with my hand. Can't open it up. It just doesn't feel like it belongs. So he sits up and goes, what do you mean? Let me see. And just then it kind of hit me and went, I'm having a stroke. I think I'm having a stroke still. And he looks at me going, what do you mean you're having a stroke? You're 40, come on. And just at that moment, my whole left side went paralyzed. So I kind of, the heaviness of it took me down on the floor. So I was kind of wedged between the sofa and the coffee table. But it was, it was weird because I was so, I knew what was happening. I was really calm. It felt like I wasn't there, even though I was. So I was kind of looking at myself in some sort of a bubble. It was very peaceful, to be honest. It was quite, quite a strange experience. But yeah, so I wasn't scared or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, okay, I'm having a stroke. This is what's happening. My husband obviously called uh, 999. I remember thinking when he was on the loudspeaker to the the operator and she was saying, oh, get yeah, just repeat these words, like the, the bird gets the worm and something like that. And I thought, right, we can't be doing this because I can't say it. Get me an ambulance. That's just what I was thinking. But the ambulance crew came very quickly. They were there within 20 minutes, I think, and took me down to St. George's Hospital in Tootin, where they obviously confirmed that I had a stroke and said, oh, you'll be with us for the next few months. I said to my family, it would probably be a minimum of four months, if not six, because obviously it was a huge stroke. And um, yeah, here I am. Ash exceeded her doctor's expectations in her recovery. It was apparently on day three when I was quite with myself, back to my normal, like my husband says. I turned around to him and said, right, listen, Steve, I don't have time for this. And uh, that was kind of my time when I thought, no, I'm not staying here for all this time that they're saying. And I remember uh, it was about three weeks later. So this is in August still. And my my friend and neighbor comes to see me and you know and I said to her listen I'm gonna be back by Halloween that's my goal and she just laughed said yes of course Ash of course you are you know just trying to keep me you know motivated and all that but then again I beat that goal and I was back home within six weeks of my stroke I started very early on talking to my leg Obviously, my leg was paralyzed and I spoke to that leg because I knew the first thing I would have to do was to get back on my feet. And for hours, I laid there talking, saying, move, move, come on, you can do this, move, thinking it, thinking it over and over again. And then suddenly that toe wiggled and then my ankle moved a little bit, then my knee and then 
but constantly, constantly talking to my body part and trying as much as I could. I was able to move my leg. Then, obviously, I did try with my arm as well, with not as much progress. But with my leg, when I was finally put in a wheelchair, for example, I was constantly doing some lifts with my foot, trying to lift the leg up from the knee, etc., until they were ready to try to walk with a stick and obviously assistance, which I then then did. Obviously, it was really hard to learn how to walk again. It's actually quite complex. And I don't think, obviously, no, no one realises how hard it is to learn how to walk. All the things that you need to think of, like lifting your leg, putting it down, using your stick, then the other foot, and then lift that one stick the other foot uh you need to constantly be thinking about what you're doing but um, eventually I got there even though still today especially when I'm tired I do need to pay attention because otherwise I will just have a little tumble if I don't tell myself to lift up that leg. After six weeks Ash returned home. I was looking forward to going home obviously I had been in hospital I was probably one of the youngest ones there I actually don't remember seeing anyone my age at the hospital. Obviously, I'd seen a lot of people passing away in the show called, and it was kind of like demoralising being there, seeing so many people passing. So coming home to my kids and my husband was was something that I, I really wanted. I wanted the comfort of my home. I wanted proper food and <laughs> just kind of, not r- relying on on other people such as the nurses etc because i mean to be honest these people are very very busy and there's shortage so you know you can't always have a shower if you want to have a shower so it was it was it was exciting in a sense even though it's complicated i don't feel excitement because my emotions were wiped out it was something that i was looking forward to coming home it wasn't easy it was really strange because not only did I feel different, everything looked kind of different, even though it wasn't. I wasn't able to do everything that I used to do before. And, you know, I wanted to go up the stairs to, to my room, but I had to wait for my husband to walk behind me. And the same if I wanted to go downstairs, I needed him to come with me so I wouldn't fall. So those things were quite tricky. In the beginning, it, and still to, to this day, I suffered from something that's called the flat effect. It's literally you do not feel emotions like happy, sad, excitement, love, hate, all these strong emotions that everyone has. I didn't have those because my stroke actually damaged those channels. So it's been learning, again, teaching myself emotions. I haven't got far yet I feel now what I think is sadness I think I can relate to that anger but happy love empathy for example those things are still something that I'm trying to teach myself and they are quite tricky to 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 learn coming up Ash talks about the impact her stroke had on her emotions there is improvement every day. I don't feel as 
flat as before. Before I felt like I was just being, and it was really, really weird. Obviously, emotionally, I struggle to answer that question because I honestly, I don't know. But I am positive and I know I will recover and I have accepted it will take years. But may that be three years, five years, ten years. But it's just what it needs to be. It's, it's, it's a long journey. And her recovery goals. I obviously aim to get my hand and arm as functional as possible. I understand that it's never going to be 100%, but if I can get 80% back, then I'll be happy. So that's kind of my long-term goal, because this is not going to happen overnight. I would also like my train of thoughts to be faster and being able to think. Like some, Sometimes I feel like, like I'm actually stupid, because some days my brain is just not working with me and I feel really slow. Let's hear Ash talking about her future plans. I'm hoping at some point to go back to work. I had in my head that I would return to work this year, but I just, I'm not ready for it. I'm, I'm still, even though my thoughts are faster and my speech is much better, I still can't do with lots of loud environments, etc. because this kind of like my brain just goes, no, I'm going to turn you off. And I'm just unaware of my surroundings if it's too much going on. Plus my speech goes and I will not be able to speak or find words or anything. Hopefully in the next couple of years, I have recovered enough to go back because to be honest, it's pretty boring not being at work. It's, it's strange that I, obviously I'm walking, but my right arm, my left arm and hand are not really functional still. But I do not remember myself having a functional arm, which is probably good. It's my, my brain kind of just accepting this is it. However, there is improvement every day. I don't feel as flat as before before I felt like I was just being and it was really really weird obviously emotionally I struggle to answer that question because I honestly I don't know but I am positive and I know I will recover and I have accepted it will take years but may that be three years five years ten years but it's just what it needs to be it's it's, it's a long journey. Ash has had strong support from friends and family. Everyone's been very um, supportive and helpful. I am quite independent and often kind of stubborn and kind of refuse help because I want to be able to challenge myself and say, I can do this, I can do this. But obviously, every time I do ask friends and family for support, they are there uh, straight away even the children, so it's really good. I obviously aim to get my hand and arm as functional as possible. I understand that it's never going to be 100%, but if I can get 80% back, then I'll be happy. So that's kind of my long-term goal because this is not going to happen overnight. I would also like my train of thoughts to be faster, and being able to think. 
like some sometimes I feel like like I'm actually stupid because some days my brain is just not working with me and I feel really slow my my thoughts are really slow that's another thing that I want to to work on but otherwise I'm just gonna take you know live life day by day and enjoy it because you know I was given the second chance of life and I really really want to use that. Ash believes stroke survivors should be patient and should persevere. To a fellow stroke survivor, I would say your recovery is not going to happen overnight. You just need to be positive. Yes, it is hard. It will be hard and you will have lots of obstacles. But you can do this. Don't be good to yourself. Be hard on yourself. Because the harder you work, the the quicker you recover. With regards to family members, be there for them. Especially... I think in case of someone who has issues with their emotions, people with stroke that have suffered from strokes will have lots of anger and displaying them. They may also be unempathetic and really cruel and horrible, but we are not trying to be. We're actually not aware of us being like that. So don't take it personally. Just be there for the people. Obviously, don't take over. Let them do it as well. Let them do as much as they can. But if they ask you for help, be there for them. Ash suffered a major stroke, which not only affected her physically, but also had a lasting effect on her emotional health too. But she continues to work at her recovery every day and is planning on soon returning to work. Thank you very much for listening to Stroke Stories. Please do share the episodes with anybody you think it might help and... Please do rate and comment on the episodes that you like to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please contact us via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.